Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, would you pray with me? God, we thank you once again for your word. I thank you uh, for the promises that it brings. Yet, Lord, uh, the, the strength and the power that it brings as well. And I pray today, Lord, that as we once again lean into the armor of God, may we be equipped, fully equipped, uh, for all of the things that are in front of us. May your spirit guide and lead us in this endeavor. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing on in our series. If you haven't caught on by now, we're going to be reading Ephesians 6 for a number of weeks here, where we're looking at the armor of God. And the title of this series is called Strong in the Lord, looking at all of these little pieces that Paul is describing, uh, the Roman armor that was given uh, to uh, somebody who was in the military. And And in this series, I want you to imagine that the author, his name is Paul, he is writing this letter uh, to the Ephesians, to uh, the church in Ephesus. And he's writing it, we know, while he's in prison. So imagine that Paul is sitting there in prison and he's finishing this letter that he's writing and he's looking at a Roman guard. He's saying, man, what's the image or metaphor that I can use to describe how God is acting in this world? And Paul points to some armor. And he gives us these beautiful pieces. He says that the war, the battle that is going on is not just against flesh and blood. But there's something deeper that is happening. And you go into this battle not empty-handed but with equipment. So far, we've talked about the shield of faith. Last week, I was rocking the helmet of salvation. If you were here, Gretchen was like pulling up some photos and was like, these look ridiculous. I was like, thanks, babe. Uh, And today, we're gonna look at another piece of armor that Paul talks about. He says this, notice in Ephesians 6, 15. He says, for shoes, put on the piece that comes from the good news that you will be fully prepared for shoes. Put on the peace that comes from the good news. Now, full disclosure here, I absolutely love shoes. This is perfect, all right? The stars have aligned here, all right? I, I love shoes. If you don't know that about me, uh, I actually have a little bit of an obsession with shoes that has gotten better Since I've become married to my wife for over 12 years, she's helped me work on this obsession. And if you're wondering, I have, what, twice as many, more than that, uh, more shoes than my wife, all right? Uh, I have the most shoes in our family. I really believe that shoes uh, are a statement. Uh, They really, really set the tone for the outfit that you're wearing, I also realized I chose very carefully what shoes I was going to wear to church today, okay, knowing that I was going to be talking about this. 
uh, and, and my obsession with shoes has led me uh, to some interesting moments, one in particular. Uh, when I was in high school, I was really obsessed with uh, Jordan brand shoes. And I grew up in Minnesota, and uh, about three to six times a year, Jordan would come out with a special release that would go to exclusive footlockers. And if you got there in time, you could get a pair of these like exclusive Jordan brand shoes. And so uh, the Mall of America was one of the footlockers that always got these retro, cool, exclusive Jordan shoes. In fact, I have them here. They were these right here, the Jordan 11s. They were the cool grays. Everybody go, ooh. <laughs> All right, they're kind of worn down now and gross. But, but anyways, uh, this was a long time ago. And so uh, I was with my friend uh, who was also obsessed with shoes. And we drove out to the Mall of America. Uh, Foot Locker would open at 10. We got there around 7, 7.30 in the morning. And as we got in line, there was about 15 people in line. And I was walking to the back of the line. And not only was I counting the people, but I was looking at their sneakers. Something that I always do. But I was also in particular saying like, okay, does he have the same size as me? Does he? All right. How am I doing right here? Right? And I went to the back of the line. We stood there for you know, a couple hours waiting for the store to open. It got to about 9.30 in the morning. This guy shows up, and he's wearing a backpack with a jacket on. He comes from the back of the line, and he goes to the front of the line. And as he gets to the front of the line, he starts to unzip his coat, and underneath his coat, he has a referee shirt on. If you've ever been to a footlocker before, you know this is the standard uniform for an employee to footlocker. And so he goes to the front of the line and he starts yelling at everybody saying, move back, move back. We're about to open, move back. And so everybody is just in line and just kind of shuffles a little bit further back, right? 15 minutes goes by and we're still standing in line. And there's two people that come from the back of the line and they're also wearing a referee jersey, but this time they have keys around their neck. And they proceed to go to the front of the line, and they do the same thing. Move back! Move back! And they open up the store. I was like, that was kind of weird. And I noticed that I looked to the front of that line, and the dude that had done that thing 15 minutes before now wasn't wearing a referee shirt and had just skipped everybody in line to make sure he got his Jordans. Now, that was in Minnesota, and I think people maybe are a little more nice up there instead of Chicago. Chicago, that's not a good thing for you. That's bull. And if you're like, um, why would anybody do something like that for a pair of shoes? You don't understand shoes. All right? The beauty and the importance of shoes. In fact, uh, this guy, Christian Louis Vuitton, uh, known for some of his footwear, you know, the guy that has the red soles. I love this quote. He says this about shoes. He says, a shoe is not only a design, but it's part of your body. It's the way that you walk. The way you're going to move is quite dictated by your shoes. Now, I don't know if Christian Louis Vuitton knows these words of Paul in Ephesians 6. But what I do know is that there's some beautiful truth here as to what Paul is talking about, the footwear that God has given you. 
There's power in what he's equipped you with. In fact, I want to point out just two things here today from this passage that we're going to hit on. All right, The first thing is this. The footwear that God gives us is it gives us footing against evil tactics. It's the first thing. And the second thing that we see in this passage is that it brings peace in the midst of war. I'm going to look at that first one here where we talk about that it gives us footing against evil tactics. You know, when we look at the shoes and the sandals that Paul was talking about, they would have looked something similar to this. Now, during the time, they didn't have Air Jordans or anything like that, but they had this footwear as sandals. And, and it would be made out of one piece of leather. This was intended to protect your feet in the terrain that you were going in. It would be better for you to wear sandals than to just be walking around barefoot. Now, while this doesn't look all that impressive, there's something that is so profound and beautiful about the footwear that the Roman military had that was unlike anything else in its time. See, what they did is with these sandals, they would flip them upside down, and on the bottom of them, they would take a wood plank, and they would nail in or tack in these nails. Anybody have any idea as to why they would do that? For traction. This was unlike any other footwear during that time. So that, that when they were going against the enemy, they would have better footing so that when the enemy would come, they would be able to maneuver and go a direction faster. That when they were being pressed and pushed, they were able to stand. Notice Paul's words here. He says this in Ephesians 6 verse 11. He says, put on the armor of God so that you might be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil." That you would be able to stand and have a firm grip as Satan and the evil one is attacking. Now, that might sound hyper-spiritual and running, well, what are the strategies of, of the devil? I, I want to recommend a book here that's uh, really been uh, a beautiful read for me. Uh, it's called uh, Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. This is written by a guy named Thomas Brooks. He was a 17th century English Puritan preacher. I dare you to say that fast three times. Thomas Brooks, in this book, he talks about all of these devices that we can have and use against the schemes of the evil one. But instead of like going through all of them, I just want to give you a brief summary of two like overarching statements that he says of how the evil one will come and work in his tactic that he uses against us. He says there's two big ways. The first one is this. He says that the evil one will come and tempt he will bring temptation. That's one of the moves that he brings, or he will accuse. What do we mean by this? Well, in that book, he talks about that temptation is this. It seeks to get you to have too high a view of yourself so that you go and do things that you shouldn't. The temptation that the evil one will use is to try to get you to think too high of yourself. And consequently, what happens is that we have too low of a view of God. 
when we think about ourselves too much and give us too much credit. I mean, think about this, how this plays in our world. We put like fancy language on it. We, we like ultimately turn our vices into virtues. We say things like this, um, like, well, I'm not lazy. I just have a really good, healthy, like work, rest, life balance. <laughs> you turn a vice into a virtue. We say things like, um, well, I, I'm really just a people person. But instead of really dealing with my emotions and feelings and the frustration that I have with my neighbor, we turn a vice into a virtue. Or we, another way that this happens where we're tempted is, is that we bring so much judgment upon, upon those who are making decisions as if like, well, if I was in that position, I would have done things a lot differently. And we have this, this arrogance and pride where it becomes that we have too high of a view of ourselves. One of the tactics of the evil one is that he will tempt us in this way. But it's not just that. See, the other side of it is that he will accuse. What do we mean by that? Accusation which seeks to get you to have too low of a view of yourself, a hating a view of yourself so you'll go and do things that you shouldn't. Do you see the other tactic here of where accusation will be that you, you have too low of a view of yourself? See, while we are broken, I need you to get this, while we are broken people, it does not mean that God throws us away, amen? That while we are not perfect, it does not mean that God says, well, giving up on them. Instead, God doubles down and he comes into this world. If anything, he does the opposite. He says, I'm coming for you. That even though we're accused, and even though we hear those names and voices that say that we're not good enough, that only if those people knew who you were. See, what the evil one will try to do is to attach our identity to what we do, and you are so much more than your greatest achievement or your greatest failure. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but I just want you to know that you are loved beyond what you do. This is who our God is. And what I love about this is that I could spend all day trying to give example after example. It doesn't matter. The, the devices and tactics of the evil one are going to shift and change. They will move from temptation in one season to accusation in another and back to temptation and all over the place. But in that moment, Paul says, equip yourselves with the shoes, the gospel of peace. Notice, again, he says this in Ephesians 6, 15. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Paul says it beautifully in another spot in scripture. He says in Romans chapter five this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, not faith in ourselves, but faith in our God. Faith in Jesus. He says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
that through him we also have obtained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. That by the grace of our God, the peace that he brings into this world, I know we've talked about this before, peace is not an absence of conflict. When we're talking about biblical peace, we're talking about wholeness and completeness. It's a strength that is found in our Lord, in what he has done. Because what we believe is that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, because he rose from the dead, in that very moment, on that Easter Sunday, he conquered sin, death, and the devil. And he took on and accomplished and defeated all of the tactics of the evil one for us in this world. Which leads to the second point here, is that it brings peace in the midst of war. It's kind of interesting when you think about it. It's a paradox that's at play here. Paul is saying, put on this armor as you're about to go into a battle, but, but you have peace. What do you mean by that, Paul? Well, what he's essentially saying here is that you can stand firm. That as we battle, you know that the victory has already been won. That because of what Jesus has done, we know that the story ends with him winning. And this is good news because of what he has done. The victory has been won. So again, to go back, to Louis Vuitton. A shoe is not only a design, but it's a part of your body language. The way that you walk, the way you're going to move, is quite dictated by your shoes. As people who desire to look, live, and love more like Jesus, my prayer is that as we lace up our sneakers, as we put on those boots, as we put on those house shoes or whatever it is, my prayer would be that as we do those very things, that we would be reminded that our God has equipped us with shoes of peace. Shoes that can fight against the tactics of the evil one, shoes that give us a grip to move in this world swiftly when temptation and accusation comes. It does not mean that it will be easy. It does not mean that it will be simple, but it does mean that we have victory that has been given by our God because of his death and resurrection. We don't fight empty-handed anymore, but that we go with the peace of our God that is not just for eternity, but is for right now in this place. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are a God who leans in, who in the midst of, of the battle equips us with power, with shoes that we need as 
the tactics, and as the battle is shifting and moving. Lord, um, I pray that we would uh, find great joy and comfort, but as your word says, peace that surpasses all human understanding. Lord, it's not easy at times to trust, but God, I do pray that as your people, that because of what you have done and because of the promises that you bring, Lord, it it has us walking differently in this world. That as we experience shame, accusation, temptation, Lord, we walk differently because of the peace that you brought through your son and by his death and resurrection. I pray, Lord, that that would be news that we don't hold just for ourselves, but news that we get to share with those around us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.